All right. What's up, everybody? This is Geo. And I'm Bug. Welcome to episode 31 of Geek vs. Geek. Grand old episode 31. And we've picked up some listenership since the last episode. 30 seemed to be a... Seemed to be a popular episode. Not much, but a little bit. We uh, we we uh, now have a listener of the regular sort from the UK, <clears throat> from England, particularly. Cool. Um, it's just as bad here as it is, or it's just as bad there as it is here, apparently. So. Well, I don't think our show has anything to do with that. No, but uh, <laughs> talking about like. As far as the... There is something that I heard. Speaking of England. Mm -hmm. I just can't help but shake my head at it. Mm -hmm. There's a rumor floating around that King Charles is about to kill over dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the consensus was that they really didn't want him to be king to begin with. Well, how long are you going to keep Elizabeth alive to prevent that from happening? I mean, <laughs> I mean, the grandkids would one of them would become king. I think it's the older one. Yeah, the one that's married to Meghan Markle. No, the one that's married to Kate. He's cut off. He's never going to be king. Um, the one that's married to Caitlin. Catherine, whatever her name. I don't keep up with them. I don't either. I don't know why Americans do. It's like freaking weird. As we've talked about, I don't understand. I'm with you. I was like, we fought. fought, We're going to fight this war because you don't believe in kings and stuff. And everybody who signs this paper is going to wind up being murdered by England. Um, But we believe in it so strongly that we're going to form our own government. And the government and our leader is going to be called a president. He's not going to be called a king because you know what? After royal family, two hundred forty-six years later. Oh wow! The queen died. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh oh oh! Look at Megan's outfit. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh look look! They're about to have another baby. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh King Charles! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Like people, why do you even care? Well, now, Elizabeth talk- wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're talking about them, so you know. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth, as a leader, I had no problem with her. Um, my problem with Queen Elizabeth is that um, she had Princess Diana kill, and. Uh, if she didn't, Charles did. And um, I fully believe the queen had that happen because she was about to marry that Egyptian dude. And God forbid you 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 taint the bloodline. <laughs> but um, Anyway, that's the royal family, and uh, I'm done with it. But that was a rumor floating around in the media, certain media circles, that he's got some kind of heart condition. And 
they're preparing uh what's his name to 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 take over and uh i'm like okay that's horseshit he does want <laughs> if he does wind up dead he's murdered but you know he did have the vaccine so yeah um I just are we gonna all end up genetically damaged because of this shit later? I mean, probably. I mean, I I, I mean, am I'm not seriously concerned. But... Well, I know, but I am seriously concerned because, <clears throat> like, uh, I would like to have um, children one day. Oh, that ain't gonna happen. And 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 like, yeah, I not because of you, but you know. They uh, they they got a hold of you, man. Well, I mean, it's interesting because um, we listen to a lot of the same podcasts, and I have been catching up. I have not. Had we have to... one podcast in common. Actually, we have two podcasts in common. Okay, just two. Um, okay. actually, there's probably more, but it just depends. I'm thinking just two because um, now. I haven't had time because of life and work to really Mm. dive deep into this stuff. Okay. But it blew my (sighs) mind the other day going down this rabbit hole of eugenics, eugenics. Oh yeah. Okay. Which, um, I know where you're going with it. If, if, if anybody has ever read, if you haven't, you need to. Brave New World and nineteen eighty four. If you don't read oh, Okay, okay. If you don't if you don't Okay, because not a lot of people read. So if you don't want to read, there's an excellent Ethan Hawke movie from the nineties. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um it's uh eerily Eerily familiar. Ethan Hawke. I yeah, know who that is. I'm just like, what movie was he in that? Oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Just give me a minute here. Um, do, 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 do. I'm going to have to look this dude up. This is one of those movies that uh, th- flew under the radar, which a lot of Ethan Hawke movies have. Um, he takes very obscure roles sometimes. Yeah, most people don't even. I didn't even remember. I remember years later after seeing the movie Explorers, I didn't know he was actually in that movie until I saw happened to see like, oh, you know. And, and there's a lot of good actors in that in that movie. It's one of those. It's a Disney movie. I get it, but um, I didn't even realize he was in Dead Poet Society. I didn't either. That's the third movie he did after Explorers. From 85 to 88, he did Lion's Den, which was a short. So from 85, he did Explorers. And then his next movie was in 89, Dead Poets Society. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let me find this movie here. Uh, okay. I think this is it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Uh, Uma Thurman's in this movie, too. Um, okay. Good, Jude good Law. Act. 
Okay. Um, it's called Gattaca. Yeah, they. Okay, yeah, I heard of that. I've never seen it, but I've. I'm gonna put the Internet Movie Database link on our Geek versus Geek Facebook page, so our listeners can check it out if they want to. Um, but it's a great movie. I remember seeing it when it was fairly new. Like right after it came out of theaters back in the day. And um, it was really over my head because I wasn't well read at the time. I was still a teenager. But um, it uh, it's really starting to be like... Um, Whoa, that movie is... Whoa. Uh, whoa. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those movies that's like, dang, how did this fly under the radar? Nobody really, you know, catch it. But, um... it just need to watch it. It's called Gattaca. It's 1997. So it's a few years old. But it's pertinent to a lot of... We'll say ideology that's going on today. Um, I won't say it's happening yet because I don't know. There's, there's still a lot of speculation. But there are definitely people in the elite class that believe in this thing. And they always have, going back to, as you say, eugenics. Yeah. Um, which spawned. Which not a lot of people know this. Um, Hitler didn't think of the Holocaust all by himself. Um, we we gave him that idea. In fact, whenever he started his, um, I forget what he, you know, the final solution or whatever. When he started his eugenics program, uh, a lot of us over here in America applauded him for how efficient it was. And... Uh, whether those elites knew that he was killing Jews, um, mm, I don't know. They definitely knew about the program, which eliminated people like you and people with mental illness. Oh, yeah, um, that's that's kind that of was what, where it started. That's kind of what drew me to this topic, because the more I thought about it and how, I mean, I'm not going to get into, you know, um, abortion and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't really want to talk about that. I have my own views about that. You, you and I both, you know. But I the think fact we're that, on the same page on it. The, the fact that these people basically want to in, genetically engineer like the perfect human, like smart people need to have smart babies, and like. But that's not how it works, though. Yeah, I know it's not how it works. But that's how they think it I think works. I think it, that. They think it's like breeding puppies, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not how it works. A lot of environmental things. To, we talked about it. Uh, you brought it up the other day, trading spaces. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How you want? You've not seen that, or you wanted to rewatch? I, I, I wanted to rewatch it. I've, okay. I saw it years and years and years. Different. Ago. It's been from, a long. From, yeah. Just kind of see it from a different perspective, kind of thing. Yeah. As a like a. You know, having a different set of knowledge than you did back then, you know. And it's billed as a comedy. So that kind of disguises the social ramifications of the movie. But really and truly, it's not that far-fetched. I mean, you know. 
I'm sure things like that have been done. I remember, I'm just going to say this. You're probably going to laugh your ass off. I'm going to say it anyway because, you know, I don't have a filter sometimes. Never. <laughs> yeah. I remember that movie doing me a huge favor. Okay. Yes, sir. That movie did me a huge favor. It revealed to me Jamie Lee Curtis's breasts. Okay. And they were nice because she was still young back at the time. And uh, it was a nice, it was like, thank you, movie. I needed that. That's, that's kind of like uh, <laughs> that's kind of like that's kind of like Phoebe Cates in uh, uh, damn what is it? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, but Phoebe, they knew they knew that they knew. I mean, Phoebe Cates is fucking heartthrob back in the day, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't even need that swimsuit scene. <laughs> I was like Winona Ryder too. I feel bad for her. Yeah, um, they're talking about. I don't know if you've heard. But they're talking about doing another uh, sequel to Beetlejuice. They don't need to do that. And uh, well, it's well, the rumor going around is Keaton's on board. I don't know if Burton has said anything, but can you imagine Alec Baldwin trying to do that movie? I can't imagine Alec Baldwin doing much of anything anymore. I mean, he he royally messed himself up. <laughs> um, and I can't remember the last movie I saw. Well, actually, I can remember the last movie I saw him in, but um, all that stuff. He hasn't been in the movie in the, in the theaters in years. Um, I'll take that back. He was in. Um, Mission Impo- the Mission Impossible series. He's been in two, of, two or three of those. Um, but um, the point the point I was you know trying to go towards is like these people think that they can just grow a kid in a test tube, and welcome it, to will be Everything will be perfect. They will have no diseases. They they will they will basically just get rid of all stupid people. Um, and and who knows who determines you know who's stupid and who's not. Um, and and Brave New World, which is I forget the name of the author. Um, let me look it up. Uh. It's, it's, it's all about this, and this was written around the same time as 1984 and Animal Farm. Um, and it's basically like society grows all their all their population, and they like destroy all the people, all the babies that are dumb, and they keep they keep the healthier stock. And and these people these people are so um, desensitized to things that they you know think you know uh, human normal human behavior is like alien to them and you know um, they they go and they watch uh, go out into the desert and they watch people who don't want to be a part of their society. 
and they call them savages because they don't want to be a part of their society. And it's very fascinating. I mean, that's what, I mean, everybody remembers the, the controversy that, that came about when um, Dolly, the sheep, um, they cloned a sheep and everybody had a cow. <laughs> they cloned a sheep and everybody had a cow. That's great. I love it. <laughs> barnyard. Um, hey, we, are, we, are, we are analogizing with barnyard animals today. Some literal, some figurative. You know. uh, uh, I mean, I remember everybody, this is wrong. This is this is against science. This is against nature. It is, and it's scurry. It's really scurry because here's the problem with cloning. All right, and you can you can see this in in bacteria and other single cell organisms that um that reproduce by division. You know, that don't reproduce. They're asexual. In other words, like you look at bacterium under a microscope, it's it's gender neutral. <laughs> yeah, like you, uh, like all of a sudden they're afraid to like. You're male. You're female. Oh no, 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 no! You can't be either or. You have to be, you know. So the thing about these single cell organisms is they're flawed. First of all, bacteria is a very uncomplicated um, organism. So there's, if it reproduces, it doesn't have a lot of complicated parts to reproduce. So generally, if it if it reproduces, you know, it splits, and there's a flaw in one of the clones, it's going to die off pretty quickly because, you know, that flaw will not allow it to exist in nature, okay? Now, let's take something um, – a billion times more complicated as both an organism and as a living system, um, a human being. Okay. Um, we're all flawed. We all have little, little mutations in our genetics, you know? Um, and the reason that having two parents, uh, is beneficial to us as organisms it because we can flush out those flaws with dominant genes. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, if we have a recessive gene that's cancer-prone, for example, chances are there's a dominant gene in the other parent that will cancel that out, and the offspring will very likely not have to worry about that cancer gene. Now, if the parent that had that cancer gene were to clone themselves, that cancer gene will replicate every single time that clone will replicate. And there, you know, you multiply that by every single gene that has flaws. You're not improving the species. You're slowly killing it off because, well, cancer gene is eventually going to catch that 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 organism, and it's going to die off of cancer and everything that followed it. So cancer will flaw follow that genetic line because there's no introduction of dominant genes to cancel it out. Um, that made me think of another movie. Speaking of which, Blade um, Runner. Well, that one, yeah, Blade Runner. Did that you know? one, and um, there's a Michael Keaton comedy. I forget when it was exactly when it was made. I think it was in the '90s. It's called Multiplicity. 
or basically where he clones himself. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. And uh, basically, what's the, that one? Hey, hey, what's yeah. that one movie? It's an old movie, older, like mm. back, back in at least the nineties. Where this dude might have been Blade Runner, man. No. No, Blade yeah. Runner was, yeah. It could have been. It could have been. Because I, I don't Runner know. had 50 million cuts, too, so. Just stick with the original. You'll be okay. Um, uh, golly. The, I remember one scene. Where the dude was in love with, she was a sex robot. Mm-hmm. She was designed just like a, for a sex doll. And I actually, it's going to sound kind of sick, not for sexual reasons, but for companionship reasons. Uh, I kind of like the idea of having like a robot, like a super realistic robot, you know, mm-hmm. just to hang out with. Like I said, not for sexual reasons, but... um just kind of go on a date with a robot, you know, to be fucking cool, man. You can say, hey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Make me smack you again, man. Oh, get, man, I just got home from work. This robot keeps talking. Where's that awesome? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I'll turn your ass off in the morning. Shit, I'll turn you back on in the morning. But, um... I don't know. It's not like I said, not for sexual reasons because I can't imagine that would be very. It just seems like a cold to me, you, you know. But um, for everything else, as far as having a relationship goes, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. But but I remember that he stole this particular female, and um. Because he fell in love with her, you know. It went to like this brothel or this factory that made. And I remember she was like a real pretty robot. I mean, of course she was an actress, but she had like blonde hair. And he was like, they were after him because he had stole her. And um, he's trying to get away, and her, and she's asking all these weird questions, and he's like. Can't you tell they're after us, you know, and you're asking these questions, you know, and, but I thought you loved me. Why are you raising your voice? Blah, 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 blah. You sound like you're straight, you know, like a real woman would do in that situation. Um, but I can't think of the name of the movie. It doesn't sound like Blade Runner because uh, he killed him. Um, but the replicants, that is. And. I don't remember there being sex dolls in that movie, although there was a female replicant. Uh, yeah, Sean. Yeah, remember the guy designs the whole thing in Blade Runner was the company that designs all these robots designed this one Sean Young played, um, and then he has her test or has mm-hmm. him test the test Sean Young. To see, you know, and he ends up falling in love with her or something like that. Maybe. Maybe it's the same movie. Um, I don't know. 
It's been so long since I've seen Blade Runner. I just need to watch it again. Um. Well, I mean, it's based it's based off a uh, a short story by by yeah, uh, Philip K. Android's Dick. Dream about oh, Electric Sheep. Sheep. Yeah. It's a great book. You should read it. Um. It's also um. A, a, a band of mine, a Canadian band of mine from New, oh, not mine, I wish they were mine, a uh, Canadian band by the name of Shivi did a song called Electric Sheep. Um, it's, it's in the same realm. It's based off that book. So, Cool. Uh, have you checked that band out, by the way? Yeah. Um, it's been a minute, but yeah. Okay. Um, I have uh, I haven't had a lot of time to really do a whole lot, but um, what'd you think, man? I like it. Um, did you, did you get the Black Sabbath vibe that I got from it? Um, yeah, a little bit. Okay, I, I cool. really speaking of Black Sabbath, I really dug that. Um, you sent me this video. I forget the chick's na- the lady's name. Mm-hmm. That was the how you know Black Sabbath, the song Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, you know how how that came to be and and what it was based off of and um the uh, kind of what geezer what was geezer Butler was listening to. This yeah. composer, Gustav Holst. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, he, that's kind of how the the riff came about and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought I thought that was really cool. I was like, wow. Um, yeah, it w- was really cool. I watch her channel quite frequently. She she does two videos. That was the more in depth video. It's the, as she calls the analytical video And then mm-hmm. she does the, the first listen video Where she'll hear the song And kind of give you her first impressions And then she soaks in the song Over a period of time And really gets to know it Does the deep dive background into it Listens to it a few more times Really gets to know the song And then she does a more in-depth video And that's the video that um, that I sent you and those are mostly the videos I watch because I've already heard the song, um, but I like hearing her analyze the song and giving song because Geezer never owned up to that. I've never heard him say that in an interview. <laughs> Gustav Holst was the inspiration for that song or the music behind it. And uh, yeah, he may not remember. <laughs> he may not. Uh, to be um, perfectly honest about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but to 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 bring it around back around to what we're talking about here. I mean, the, the the this whole concept of oh, we need to get rid of all the all the weaker people, and we need to just breed, you know, like smart, educated, you know, um, people. Uh, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they think it's going to work because you need people. Even if you're okay, there's there's no way you can just 
test somebody. Okay, you're genetically predisposed to be dumb. It's it's all in how you're taught. I mean, people, certain people are, you know, good at others, good good at one subject, and another person's good at another subject. Or you know, um, well, the IQ test. That yeah, um, the IQ test is what really got me. I'm like. It's really full of shit, and everybody knows it. I mean, it's it's just a another thing they use to separate people with, to divide people. But I tell you right now, I've taken an IQ test. I know what my IQ is, but I've never told another person, um, and I'm not going to. So, based on my personal experience uh, of having taken one. Uh, I can tell you, it's bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, how do you measure intelligence anyway? I don't I mean, know. I think I took do you, one, I think I took one years number? and years and years ago when I was a kid, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Well, that's kind of my point. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. I think Blake, no, Blake, no. That's not the movie I'm thinking of. So it's not the same female, the replicant. Sean Rep- yeah. The replicant I'm thinking of, or the robot I'm thinking, damn, she, God, for robot man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've short-circuited the bug. Uh, damn. Um, what's I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, the chick I'm thinking of is that blonde hair. For some reason. And there was an airplane at some point. They were in the desert. But I don't know, man. Um, Yeah, there was a chick in there, Daryl Hannah. uh, Who's also in Blade Runner. She's blonde-headed, but I don't know if that's what you're thinking about. Was she the sex robot? Yeah, she was kind of the one that was like, kind of had that chopped off hair. Yeah, okay, it was Blade Runner. Yeah. God, okay, I need to rewatch. And she had that weird makeup on. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. All right, I'm not crazy. That's mm-hmm. a real movie. Okay, all right. Just being probably, let me see. Oh, it's probably been 30 years since I've seen that movie. I, I'm surprised I remember as much about it as I do. I remember. I mean, I watched the what was it? The final cut it was the first. My first exposure to Blade Runner. Um, and I've never read the book it was based off of. Excuse me. Uh oh. Uh oh. But uh, it's been a long week, folks. Uh, but uh, is very. I I do not get why people are so enamored with that movie. I don't know why there had to be half a dozen versions of that movie. I own the soundtrack. Cause the sound one—that's one of the things that that kind of drew me into the movie—is the soundtrack is very um, interesting. It's synth, um, a lot of keyboard, a lot of synthesizers, a lot of just very interesting music, and uh, that's kind of what kind of what drew me to the movie. Um, so much so that I had to go download the, I had to go buy the soundtrack. <laughs> Are you familiar with that composer? He's done a lot of movies. Yeah, he's done a lot of movies. I um he just recently passed away too. 
Yes, he did. He really did. And uh, um, can't remember his name right off. Um, because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, it um, Vangelis. Vangelis. I think that's how you pronounce it. I forget his first name. But. And another famous thing that he, if he did Blade Runner, but he also did something. Uh, one that was very famous. He did Chariots of. Um, Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know. I vaguely remember that movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very distinctive. Yes. And which, uh, speaking of which, um, St. Elmo's Fire is probably the only John Hughes movie I have not seen. He wrote it, but he didn't direct it. going all over the place but then again we always do um and and did you catch the thing about i did not know elon musk has 10 kids yeah and they all got weird fucking names too <laughs> i mean yeah and, that, that's a yeah thing. he he um apparently if you have have if you're have in in vitro fertilization a lot of interesting stuff can happen to you <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you have twins and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i mean talking about somebody wanting to clone themselves yeah that 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 was on a uh, podcast that, mm-hmm. that very same thing um which, uh, what about just doing it the old-fashioned way, man? I mean, does nobody like that anymore? <laughs> some uh, people just, some people can't, man. I mean, like these old dudes like Larry King having kids when they're 90 years old, man. You know, and women can only produce so many eggs. They get to a point where uh, they can no longer have... Um, a natural pregnancy because they've they don't have any more eggs left. Like like man can produce as much go go juice as if we can, we can. I mean we manufacture new go go juice all the time. But women have a specific amount of eggs. And once they've all been released, that's it. No more. And then uh that that's where, you know, uh that's when menopause begins mm. for the woman. And I I'm not trying to make this into one of those, but yeah, I just people don't understand biology, and it's good just throw it out there. Yeah, um, people don't understand a lot of stuff nowadays. I think, which I think is why our finance episodes are are so are so freaking popular. Mm-hmm. I, I think it resonated with some people, you know. Yeah, at some point uh, we will have to talk about um, not this show because 
we're talking about something else. Mm-hmm. But I have been going down a crypto rabbit hole. Oh boy. Very very interesting. Um Oh boy. I'm not uh well I mean <laughs> I did I did this in small amounts. I did not do it in like large I didn't go nuts. Um well, what have you learned? That's what I'm well curious. basically it's this thing called um uh it's it's co- uh contracts. Basically instead of it's kind of like um you know day how day traders like buy a stock and by the end of the day they're like uh have to sell the stock to make money off of it. It's it's yeah. very similar to that, except you're doing it in like um five minutes or however long the the time period for this contract is like you buy something and you say that you're you know going to do it for this amount of time and then it sounds like you're shorting bitcoin I don't know all the things I'm still learning, but yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I like to play with it just, just to see what stuff is what, and, you know, kind of learn things is it's, you know, like, Oh, this is interesting. And, um, I hope you don't lose your ass. man. No, this is, I just bought a very small, I just got you, a very, when you short a stock, the potential to make money is there. But, but if it, but if it falls, if it yeah. backfires, you're you're toast. Mm-hmm. I won't uh, even short a stock. I won't even take the risk. Um, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, there's certain <laughs> ones that people love to think about shorting, but I wouldn't bet on it. Facebook would be a good one right now if you're going to. But I like I said, I'm not. I don't recommend it because the risk is risk is too high. I'm starting to think about looking at bonds actually at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, the, and the thing about it is, crypto is very crypto is as vol- volatile as uh, the stock market, really, because it's going to go up Twice. and down. Yeah, because there's so many. There's not just Bitcoin. There's you can you can you can predict the stock market. You can kind of look at the, you know, the economy and, and the industries, and you can kind of predict how the stock market is going to go. Not a hundred percent, but you can kind of do it. Bitcoin it fluctuates for no fucking reason whatsoever. It goes up, goes down, goes down. It's just all over the place. Um, I don't know what. I don't. I don't know what influences bitcoin's numbers you know because it's you're totally irrelevant from the stock market and the rest of the economy it's totally detached from it which isn't that sort of a good thing but that's also, the that's yeah. the point yes but there's no way to gauge it there's no way to there, there's no way to 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 hedge your risk you, you know mm-hmm. it's like I remember a couple of years ago, like 2019, Bitcoin was trading at like $50,000 a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And now it's like 20. 
So I'm thinking, wow, now I should think about getting into it because what if it jumps back up? So, I don't know that it will. You, no. you know? No. I don't know it, what drove it down. My th- my theory is like it's not going to go back up until like probably the market tanks. Because there's one thing about Bitcoin. Once all the Bitcoins are mined, there's no more Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So once they become, you know, rare, then all of a sudden they become very valuable. So that's in, the theory anyway. Yeah. So to my mind, it's like, okay. Um, so if I end up with any, still having any by the time it's because I've played around with it and played around with it. If I end up, if I end up having any, when it's all said and done, I'm going to put it in a hardware locker and I'm going to meaning a hard drive or something like that. And I'm going to put it somewhere and, you know, bring it back out when I know that, you know, cause I keep, I'll keep an eye on that stuff every once in a while. Um, because people do lose them. People, you know, get, they get scammed or they get, because um, it's digital, it, you can't, it's not physical money, which is what they're trying to push everybody towards, is no, you don't want to own anything, you don't want to have anything physical, which I don't understand, why are you pushing it that way, you know, don't have, you know, to bring it around to what we're talking about today, don't have children, children are you, you know, like, because all this stuff is kind of related to um, there's a book that was written in the 70s called The Population Bomb. And this guy got it. He was from um, Stanford University. And he got everybody terrified that the pe- that that humans were going to overpopulate the earth and they're going to put such a strain on the earth that all the resources will be dried up and um, you know, the earth would just die mm. and humans by extension would die because there would, they would use up all the resources and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it never, they said all of a sudden, but by the, by the year 2000, there's going to be so many people, so many people on the earth that, you know, it's going to be gone. And of course that never happened. <laughs> Um, and, uh, then they started thinking about, well, you know, people are inferior, people are stupid, people are smart. Well, look at the education system that we have for our children nowadays. Look at, look at what they're being taught. You know, oh, history, history, we don't like the way, what history has produced presented itself let's teach them this you know um and uh it's it's just crazy i wasn't taught i was taught about alabama history i was taught about because i was in alabama at the time when i was in in school you were taught alabama history we were taught world history world war ii world war what U- U.S. history? U.S. Uh, history, yeah. 
Yeah, every every facet of history. Um, and I liked history. It was like storytelling to me. Um, I didn't find it boring. It was very entertaining to me because, like I said, it was like storytelling. And um, one of the things that you know before the show we were talking about, my interest in sailing isn't new. Um, a lot of people think it is because I just kept it to myself all these years. But one of my favorite bo- books is based on a period in his an event that happened in history. It just boggles my mind. It's called Mutiny on the Bounty. The most historically accurate movie made on the topic, believe it or not, was um, Mel Gibson's Bounty in 1986. Um, but there's so more to the story than just actual mutiny. Um, but it was a true story. Um, it's still prevalent today um, as far as I don't want to give up too much as a story, but the mutineers wound up on Pitcairn Island, which was missed, was, um, misplaced on english charts so when the mutineers decided to set captain Bly and the officers adrift on the um on the tender um they sailed towards pete karen island and uh, they settled the island and the royal navy didn't find them for another 18 years but there was only one original mutineer left by that time, and that was John Adams, um, which the only town on the island is called Adamstown, ironically. Um, but it it's so freaking cool because, you know, a lot of people misconstrued pirates and mutineers. You know, mutineers aren't pirates necessarily. Um, they're not looking to steal the boat. A lot of times a mutiny happened when the sailors are scared and they lose faith in their captain. Um, and that's what happened here. Um, but you know, since it ha- and it happened shortly after the revolutionary war, it happened in 1780. So America was new at the time. <laughs> England was trying to deal with us. And, um, they had this mutiny. Um, they're trying to feed slaves in the in the Caribbean. Uh, breadfruit. They're going to import breadfruit breadfruit plants from 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 uh, Tahiti to uh, to the Caribbean. And it was the bounty was named the bounty because you know uh, it's bountiful. You know they they found a bountiful food supply for their slaves, but um, they went through all this trouble only to find out the slaves would not eat the breadfruit. They, they thought it was disgusting. And, um, <laughs> which, you know, breadfruit is weird. It's a fruit. Okay. Yeah, I wrap your head around it. It's a fruit, but it tastes like bread. Okay. Um, that's why they call it breadfruit. It's about the size of a football. Um, yeah, I read that book when I was a kid, watched that movie, 
with Mel Gibson later. And, uh, you know, sailing had always fascinated me because the captain was set adrift, but he, um, I think he only lost like one person of the crew. And that was, they landed on a hostile island and one of them got killed. But he sailed that little, little um, tender. I think it was like 10,000 miles. You know, he was adrift for like three months. And there's a there's a documentary released here in the last couple of years where um there's a group of guys who recreated Captain Bly's journey um and did it the same way that he did it and just to experience how difficult that would have been because he had no charts. He had one sail and um he navigated through the night sky by memory, and he he saved most of the crew, only to face court-martial when he got back to England, because if you allow your ship to be mutinied, um, then somehow that's your fault. You failed as the captain, and uh, you're going on trial. But he was found um, of doing no harm, and... Um, then the Royal Navy said after finding the mutineers, um, which they, like I said, it took them 18 years before they found them. So it was pretty crazy. And by that time, they're like, you know, you're good here. Everything's good here. Um, we'll claim this as an English territory. You, you'll settle. You know, you've already settled it successfully. So, uh Catch you later. You're good. We'll send a supply ship. Uh, and it's uh, exactly what they do to this day. A supply ship comes uh, twice a year. Hmm. It's the furthest point in the English Empire. It's Pitcairn Island. It's in the middle of absolute nothing but water. There's nothing near it for miles and miles in the Pacific Ocean. But anyway, that that really fueled my love for sailing. It's just I never, I never lived close enough to water to really think it'd ever become reality. So I got to a point in my life where you know what, you just gotta make shit happen. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you just you just gotta make it happen. Uh, if that's what you want to do, you just you gotta make it happen. Um, it's like I don't want to go camping out in the woods anymore because of experiences I've had. Um, so where what other opportunities are there to go camping? Well, there's urban camping. And try that. Well, that's cool. Make it happen. You know? Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. Uh, you and I haven't camped out <laughs> ever, uh, I think. Except for in the backyard once. And that was a huge mistake. Yes, it was. Wasn't even my idea. Nope. But, you know, Robin didn't want to spring for a hotel room or something. It was her idea. Yeah, um, well, what brought that to mind was um, I was walking through the I was walking through the store the other day and I was walking, I walked past the uh, knives um section and i happened to see the can uh, it's a camping swiss army knife camping knife 
that has all the you know the bottle opener, the whole all that stuff on it. Um, okay. and, I, and I'm like, oh, I want one of those, you know. And I'm happy to be with my dad. He's like, why? I just I might want to go camping one day. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, I I just I've always loved Swiss Army knives. I only own one. It's no, there's not much to it. Um. I think it have, might have something to do with MacGyver, because he always carried that. Oh just, my God, he did everything with that stupid Swiss Army it, knife. Everything man. with the Swiss Army knife, yeah. Oh my God, that dude, duct tape <laughs> and Swiss Army knife, man. I remember, oh, I, it just wasn't a MacGyver episode without him holding a roll of duct tape in his mouth while he was defusing a bomb or something with his Swiss Army knife, man. And, I was and holding like, a gun like it was a wet pair of panties, you know. He yeah. never liked guns. You know, always yeah. hold it like, oh, this is gross, you know. I was like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who come up with it, who originally came up with I haven't done that much research. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, <laughs> both versions. I'm not the new, the newest. I'm not a fan of the new version. The new I do version like the is new not. Magnum PI, though. Um,. Yeah, the new version leaves a lot to be desired. It didn't last as long as the original, which is fine. Um, which MacGyver itself lasted a lot longer than I knew. I mean, it lasted for seven seasons on TV. And then they mm-hmm, had, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, seven or eight TV movies. Um, that they did. Uh that show yeah um i've always wanted to go kind of research it and said was any of this stuff practical that he always used to do like (laughs) you know was any of that you know (laughs) no it wasn't practical that was the whole that was the whole premise of the movie or the shows all these crazy situations that he would he would get out of and yeah and it would just be his you know he would come up with some crazy thing um like making a grappling hook out of out of just random kitchen items or making a bomb making tear gas in the supermarket when somebody is trying to rob the store um that was one of my favorites. He pours like a bunch of shit in a pot water bottle, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and then he pulls up to the to the thing to the checkout, and then punctures it with his knife, and like makes the robbers freak out and stuff. It was, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I always always wanted to look like. Okay, who come up with this shit? You know, <laughs> I mean, somebody mm-hmm. did. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I uh, I haven't read Mutiny on the Bounty. At some point, I will. It's on my list to read. I have a book list about as long as my arm. So you're so, gonna put it on your Audible then? Yeah, 
it is um I read actually I read, read books anymore. I actually well no, I read um sometimes I read on my uh my iPad sometimes. Most the only reason I use Audible is because um usually I'm busy doing other things like working and it's the only way I can really read um and get you know get information uh that way um i little i read a lot of fiction stuff but i also read a lot of a lot of non-fiction a lot of biographies um a lot of uh self-help books um which i don't find as interesting unless i happen to find something that's um particularly like my next one is going to be the seven habits of highly effective people because i keep hearing about the, that book so it's like and how yet nobody has ever finished it. Like people who start reading the seven habits of highly effective people don't ever finish it. And I want to know why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you read this? Which book is it? The seven habits of highly effective people. No. Uh-huh. I thought, I thought, um, the, I don't know why I was thinking. I thought you were talking about the other, um, the other book on habits uh, we were talking about a while back. Yeah, the power of habit. Yeah, that one. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't read seven. Because like, I mean, I don't know. We all know what to do to be successful. We don't need it. I don't I mean we all know what just like it's like people who want to lose weight, they, they know how to lose weight. I mean, come on. <laughs> they know how to. They just don't want to do it that way. They want another way to do it. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, you're not there's only one way to lose weight. I'm struggling with it. A lot of people are struggling with it. I'm not in denial about it. It's like um my problem with exercise is I'm a purpose-driven individual, and I feel like running on a treadmill is you're you're moving and going nowhere, and that's very difficult for me to wrap my head around. You're lifting weights but accomplishing no real task. Yes, you're benefiting your body, but as far as the material world, you're not really affecting change anywhere. You're just lifting weights over and over again. Um, that's why I like riding a bicycle, but again... I like to ride somewhere, go from point A to point B. I don't like just riding around for no purpose. That's why I always map my courses out. Like when I used to, before I got an electric bike, way back in the day, I used to ride my Peugeot a lot more. I would, like on the weekends, I would plot out 30, 40 mile routes, but I'd always have a route. There'd always be a destination or waypoints along the way. It wouldn't just be randomly, oh, I'm riding my bike. <laughs> so exercise for me is very hard because it seems um, it's not goal-oriented immediately. You know, goal is is there, but it's not outwardly visible. You know, it's not like mowing the grass. You know, you cut the grass. Oh, wow, look, I'm mowing this beautiful grass. You know, to affect change, it takes longer. You don't see it right away, and it's really hard to get motivated. 
And I think a lot of people are like that with success, tying around. We all know what to do to be successful, but it's just difficult for us to get into those, get into that most. And I always like to see these. I don't ever read them, but I like to see these lists. You know, the top 10 billionaires do this every day. It's like, okay. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I know I know how to become a billionaire. You know, if I want, if I really, really, you know, at this point, it'd be a lot difficult. But, I mean, if I really want to roll my sleeves up and do it, it could be possible. In fact, I'm I'm working on ways right now to become very wealthy. It's just going to take some work to do, some finagling, you know. It's not going to happen right now. Just like exercise and just like being successful in general. So I tend I read books that um like Jordan Peterson's books are really good because they're philosophical. They're they're introspective in a way. And and, and what I mean by that is you take what Jordan Peterson his knowledge or his thoughts about things, and you can apply them to yourself. It's like, no. It's like I'd rather talk about this off the air, but um, it's like religion. I'm not going to say anything more about the conversation I had, but I did have a conversation with somebody fairly recently, and um, I was I was coming to the point where I told them for most of my life, you know, I was atheist. Because I was angry at God. I lost my brother when I was 14. I could not understand how a loving God could do that. You know, just take somebody from this earth with no explanation, just quickly. I mean, it wasn't a slow death, but we had time to prepare and say goodbye. It's one day he's here, next day he's gone. And that was just 14 years old when that happened. And but, you know, I told this individual, you know, yeah, man, it was a heartfelt conversation. And I'm really glad I had the conversation. And I told him that, you know, when I came to religion, it wasn't. I said, I learned about forgiveness and prayer all in one one shot, you know. Um, I learned about forgiveness because I had finally forgave God. You know, I don't know how that's going to sound to Christians, but I forgave God. If if God teaches forgiveness, then what better way to start your spiritual journey than to forgive God, the person who or the entity that I felt all these years have robbed me of my brother? I forgave God for doing that, you know. And some people might say, well, that's sinful. You know, God's perfect. You know, there's nothing to forgive him for. But I was angry with God. So in my mind, forgiving him released me of that anger. And I can open up my mind to God after that, you you know. And once I learned about forgiveness, forgiveness not being about other person, me forgiving God wasn't about God. It's about me letting go of that negative feeling towards God. Okay. So then if I can forgive God for taking my brother, then I can forgive my ex for cheating on me. I can forgive, 
you know, people for cutting me out of their life. Do I want them back in it? No, but I can forgive them for what they did. Um, so once I learned about forgiveness, I started to rethink prayer in a whole new way. It's like, wow, you know, I realized that I, most of us have forgiveness wrong. They think we're giving the other person a pass for doing something bad when really we're setting ourselves free from the deed, you know. And then I started to think about, you know, I was talking to this person and I told him, I started thinking about prayer. You know, well, if forgiveness is wrong and I forgive God and I feel so much better about that whole situation, then maybe I've been praying wrong all these years. You know, maybe most people pray wrong. And most people who talk about, you know, prayers don't come true, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they feel that way because they're not doing it right, you know. So I started reading, I started looking at how my prayers are being answered, you know. And instead of, you know, I just told my dad, because I, I explained this conversation to my dad the other day. And I said, you know, praying for Mercedes, for example. It's like, man, God, please let me have a Mercedes, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, you, you, you know... Um, you don't have a job, but you get you don't have a Mercedes, but you get a job interview. Okay, well, technically, God answered your prayer just then. You didn't ask for the job, but He set you on the path to get that Mercedes. You know, here's your job interview. This is you get this job, you'll be able to afford that Mercedes and everything else that you need. You know, so instead of praying for the Mercedes. Pray for the job, you know, because you're not going to get the Mercedes, but you'll get the job if you pray for it. You have to get the Mercedes. God is just going to help you in your path, you know, and that's what it took me so long to learn. I still don't like churches, most churches, and I still don't like religion, but I feel like I'm no longer agnostic. I'm not. I no longer feel like I'm atheist, and I thank God, literally, that I finally came around. Because, um, and I don't want people. And when I was talking to this individual and having this conversation, about halfway into it, I'm like, "Look, man, I, I'm sorry if I'm being preachy because I don't know where you are in your spirituality and everything. I'm just telling you about my experience and how I look at things because life's rough." And if you don't have a healthy way to get out of those rough situations mentally and, you know, through your heart, then you're going to have a rough time, you know. And he was like, no, no, no. He, he goes, it's all right. And he was like, you know, I had the same experience, almost identical, you know. And um, and we talked it out, man. And it was like – and this individual is actually the one that recommended we we got to talking about other stuff. He's the one that actually recommended this sequel to Blade Runner, which I didn't know existed, you know, because we were talking about um, we finally got off on the movie somehow. Whatever. No, he uh, he threw a quote out from his favorite movie, Run Lola Run, which I've got on my list to watch. I promised him I, that I would do that. I've I've seen that one actually. It's been a long time, but yeah. And uh, oh, he, we don't mind he said reading that, subtitles. 
yeah, he told me to get the one with subtitles because it's more accurate. Um, but he he told me that uh, that was his all time favorite movie, and he really wanted to know what I thought about it. That's where I first so the, the actress that said that plays in it, uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of my favorite actresses. Okay. Well, we'll talk about this conversation more off off the air because I, I want to respect his privacy and everything. Um, but they're they're um, it's you know, life doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to happen, and success is measured differently by different people. You know. I I go on these virtual sailing adventures with different channels, you know. And I followed one guy who was a who, who was from Plymouth, England. He gave up everything. He bought a sailboat. He you know he, he was a very experienced sailor, but he never sailed the world. And his name's Barry, and he bought a sailboat and he sailed that sucker from Plymouth, England. All the way to New Zealand. And he left New Zealand fairly recently. And he's on the water now. And I'm not sure where he's at. But he stopped at this island in the middle of the Pacific called Tonga. And they got him high as fuck, man. They, they got him. They, and this, he's an old English dude. So he's not really into, like, you know, the hallucinogenics and stuff. But... It's one of those situations where they were very hospitable to him, you know, as he visited their island. So he had to partake in this ceremony, and they mixed up this concoction and stuff. And he tripped out, man, like big time, man. You know, and they gave him a tribal tattoo and everything. <laughs> and um, it, uh, it was very... But I look at those people on Tonga as successful, and they 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 welcome travelers, but they you know they don't want your lifestyle. Come and visit us, and we'll show you a good time, and we'll welcome you, and we'll show you around the island. It's not a very big island, but you know don't bring us your world. We don't want your world. We're fine where we're at. You know what we're doing. And uh, it kind of reinvigorates my desire to sail because sailing to me represents the great American road trip, but on a world scale, you know, and you travel with your house, you, you know, wherever you go, you got your house with you. So um, I just feel like, you know, I don't have a family other than my parents and sister, but I don't have a wife and kids at home to to worry about any money that i make is my money i'm so um doing the sailboat thing makes sense to me because you know i don't want to get married i don't want to settle down with nobody i i just want to be free to come and go and visit places and see things that i feel like powder sometimes you know i read all this shit and i'm really smart but i haven't done anything you, you know and I'm at the point where, you know, nobody's going to do it for me. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to take the pool by, by the way. I can't fly a plane. So they say. Um, I can't drive a car. So they say. 
But I can sail a boat, and nobody's going to stop me from doing that. Um, and I will. So there's, there's that little rant. <laughs> Seven habits of successful people. Well, you know what success is. You know how to get there. Everybody does, man. Uh, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, we were talking off air about some music, and I have been going. I went down a rab- a blues rabbit hole, which is where all this stuff started. Um. A blues rabbit hole. Yes, um, Joe Bonamassa. Oh. People who don't know who Joe Bonamassa is, look him up. Modern blues. Okay. He is, like, freaking awesome. He's from Unica, New York. Um, I think he got he got started fairly young, like... When he was four. Four, four, Yeah. Um, his dad, his dad owned a guitar shop. shop. Yeah. And he, he, I mean, I, I, for some reason, and I don't pick, I don't pick up on this stuff very often, but every once in a while, something will catch my attention and I'll, I'll just dive into it. Um, and this was one such case. I went and looked up, um, I knew who Joe Bonamassa was. I've known who he was for years. But for some reason, I just decided, oh, well, either you and I were talking about it or somebody, somehow it got on my radar. So I went and I I watched um, live at uh, Royal Albert Hall, which is a very good concert. Mm. You can find that on YouTube. Um, Amazing, amazing guitarist. And I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go listen to whatever I can get my hands on that Joe Monomos has ever done. Um, so I started listening to his new albums. I started listening to his older albums. Um, and I just got into this, I'm like, got into this this feeling about it. So I just went and started recording just some spoken stuff, um, which I often do. If something happens, it gets into my head to where I can kind of feel something. And uh, it was just like, wow. And it was, I was trying to find, a, I was getting to the rhythms of stuff and stuff and the guitar. And, and that's what music does to you people. For those of you who don't really get, you know, who sit there and listen to music and you listen to music, but you don't like put on headphones and really absorb things. Cause I don't think people know how to do that nowadays. Um, I mean, vinyl is like all hipster and everything now, but Something happens to you when you put on headphones and you just really immerse yourself into music. And it doesn't have to be blues, just any music. Um, Gustav Holst, for example. Yeah, Gustav Holst, um, Pink Floyd, Journey, 
Um, Did you happen? No, you didn't. What's that? I was starting to ask you if you caught Roger Waters on Joe Rogan the other day. Um, I probably didn't because I don't follow. I know you don't I, do you don't I, do Spotify. No, so. I don't do Spotify. I, I have an account, but I have not. I, it's um for some reason I don't know if it's what's wrong with Spotify, but it doesn't work for me anymore. So. Um. Uh, can you do this for free, or do you have to pay for it to get the? It's free. Okay. Yeah, the last time I ta- we talked about Roger Waters, uh, we were talking about that guy that did, he was doing an interview with Roger, and Roger's like. Don't, don't, like, you come to my concert, you don't like what I have to say, then fuck off. Mm-hmm. Which I never could understand why reporters are so stupid that way anyway. Like, you know the answer you're going to get. Why ask the question? Like, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, I don't have a cough button. So, one of the things that we need, which we'll segue into, please, um, if you get any value out of this podcast, go to our Facebook page. There's a QR code there. You can pay, you can put whatever you feel. If it's $5, if it's $2. If you get something out of this, whether it be entertainment or fun or where we're wrong and you like laughing at us hysterically, um, please support us. Facebook, Geek versus Geek. So I can afford stuff like a manual cough button. Mm-hmm, and uh, he can af- get some other whatever stuff he needs. <laughs> yeah, because he might need some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I um, I don't, I don't subscribe to anything on Spotify. Maybe I should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm surprised Rogan hasn't as many times as he's had uh, Adam Curry on his podcast like two times he's had him. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't jump on the value for value model himself. Shit, and he doesn't need the money. <laughs> I don't need the money, but he likes the money. Rogan is all about the money. I mean, I've watched some as as a as far as his podcasts go. I like what he does, but as as far as him being a comedian, I never thought Joe Rogan was that funny. Yeah, I don't find him all that funny either. 
I mean, some of his jokes are funny, but I can probably count on one hand the number of jokes that I thought were funny. Yeah. I just think he likes being, I think he likes to think of himself as a comedian. You know, I just think he likes that, that moniker. I mean, it's not the only thing he does, but he's also um, involved in the UFC, which is where I heard of him. I never heard of Joe Rogan until I watched a UFC fight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like one of their main commentators. Um, and he's actually, he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody's into UFC. And if you didn't know who he was before you picked up on his podcast or anything else it it would have been kind of an interesting experience but you then you listen to his podcast um one of my favorite guests he's ever had was like um i was watching this the other day that you sent sent it to me or it was a reel or something on facebook it was dumb the episode he did with David Lee Roth and they were talking about how Eddie used to uh, how he would come up with solos mm-hmm. he did like four or five takes of a guitar solo mm-hmm. and then go and take different pieces and then relearn and then learn that put all that together and learn that entire learn that solo mm-hmm. um, just th- I thought it was that that's wow you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, which uh, I have a new respect for David Lee Roth as a person anyway, because he just always seemed like such a goofball. And then you, you know, watch him on something like that and you're like, damn, this dude's pretty deep, you know. Um, so, uh, the episode, the, I, I know you're not the hugest fan of Roger Waters, but you, uh, oh, I, I like Roger Waters. I mean, Pink Floyd is my all time favorite band in the universe. How can I not be a fan of Roger? Mm-hmm. I just disagree with a lot of his politics, but when he's right, he's right mm-hmm. on the Ukraine thing. He's definitely right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about the Israel-Palestine thing. Um, so, so do a lot of people, me included. He uh, he stands firmly on the Palestinian side of things, and I'm okay with that because, like I said, I've got mixed feelings um, about the whole situation. But. Uh, <laughs> He told that CNN dude. Oh my God! He told that. I, dude I he love needs that. To read that was, more. Read more. You don't like it? Okay. Oh man, that dude. I mean, just nonchalant. Like you should read more. Basically, just called him stupid, man. I mean, mm. very English way of doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. we talk about Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party. Yeah, I heard, I saw that the other day. She was on, um, we were, she was on Fox. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and we were riding down the road. And my dad, of course, has to listen to this mess 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So how can I not? So, but yeah, I caught that and I'm like, wow. I mean, I know you're like a big Tulsi fan, but. I do. I like her. I mean, I'm, I don't think I want her for president at this point, but, um, I'm okay with her leaving the Democratic Party. And I'm okay with her generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that eye patch dude. Uh, yeah. Crenshaw. Yeah. Uh, I lost favor with him. I do. I don't like him. He's a, he's a, he's a, he he's a um, Klaus Schwab shill. Another thing that happened is um, Bill Maher is on the fence of flipping as well. He's seriously considering moving to Florida. <laughs> If you watch Bill Maher's podcast, um, Club Random, on YouTube, uh, depending on what guest he has, you really get a different side of how Bill really feels about things. You know, he's not as leftist as he thinks he is. He just, you know, he does have Trump derangement syndrome. But other than that, he's on point with a lot of things. And I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, he calls himself a liberal... But he's a liberal like my mom's a liberal. And my mom hasn't realized her party has fucking went nuts. She still thinks it's the same old Democrats that John F. Kennedy was a part of. Bill Maher is that kind of liberal too, but he realized his party went nuts. And he's like, I don't believe in this shit anymore. This is crazy. (laughs) And uh, it's people like my mom I have a real hard time understanding because, you know, I think of my mom as an intellect um, and well-read and well-versed in a lot of things. How can you be so close-minded as to stick to one party your whole life and not even think about voting outside of it? I voted back and forth my whole adult life, man. I mean, At this this point, um, if I ever get the chance to, I mean, you can vote whenever you want to, but... It all it all of a sudden seems to matter like what party you belong to, and I'm sick of that. Like I don't care. Like if if I can be if I can go change my my um, affiliation to none or independent, that's probably what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Because it just it's stupid. They care. They care more about whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat than whether you what you believe in. Mm-hmm. 
society at large. That's what we've been told our entire. Well, if you're if if you're a Democrat, you're you know depending on who you ask. If you're a Democrat, you're you know you're stupid or you're you're awesome or if you're a Republican, you're a racist. You know whatever. Um, it's it's not about who, well, who are the what are the issues about and you know. See, all the American people care about the issues all of a sudden now because it's affecting them. You know, they can see it at the pump. They can see it, um, you know. And they're start like you said, we're starting, they're starting to wake up. And the Democrats are like, wait a minute. This isn't, no, 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 no this can't happen. Now, who flipped the switch? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, so, and the Republicans are going to have a couple of years, and unless the unless the uh, Democrats just decide to just totally, because the Democratic Party has gone completely insane. Mm-hmm. And even some of their people are like, "Wait a minute." I mean, how do you let somebody like AOC join the Democratic Party? How? Because, man, she woke. In my mind, woke has nothing to do with it. It's just like... I mean, they're not educated. They can't be. (laughs) Not in... Not in... uh... Not educated in the way you and I would normally think of education. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she did attend college. It got woke. And then became a bartender and somehow wound up as a uh, representative. So. Well, I don't, I don't think she's going to last very much longer. She's lasted this long. So. I know that, but I just... Her in particular... They, I mean, I, I don't want to just pick on because you can take any number of people to pick on, okay? But her, it's like you don't under you don't know what you're saying, you don't understand what you're saying, you don't understand that what you're saying just makes no sense. I mean. <laughs> This woman gets up on the floor of the of the chamber, and 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 makes apologizes to some lady because the guy next to her insulted her <laughs> or something, and I, I'm like, what? I mean. <laughs> She doesn't have a clue what she's doing. She doesn't know what she's there for. Unless somebody, t- oh, you're supposed to be here. I mean, I'm convinced they put clothes on her like a Barbie doll, and they're like, okay, go this way.
did not grow up like this. Thank God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, yeah, um, I hope get Tulsi uh, Gabbard um, has fun, um, finds, you know, something to, to champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's going to fare too well in the, Demo- in the Republican Party. I'm assuming that's where she's going, because according to most people, those are the only two parties. Excuse me, the only two parties that really matter. Um, I don't subscribe to that theory, but you know, especially yeah. not now. Oh yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So, uh, what else can we talk about today? Whatever your heart desires, Joe. Um, I know you want to talk about Easy Rider, but I'm behind on my movie watching. So, I'm whenever you're ready. I'm not in a hurry to talk about it. I mean. Um, in fact, you just added a bunch to my list. <laughs> so. Well, I'm gonna have to rewatch the original Blade Runner because I didn't realize it seems so fresh in my memory. But when I start trying to recall all the details, man, it's like you know, in 30 years, man, you can't remember everything. At least 30 years since I've seen it. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it. I, I can't remember if I saw the director's cut or the final cut or the original. I think it was the final cut. I think. Mm-hmm. Does anybody remember why they have so many different versions? Because it's Ripley Scott. That's why. And he's never satisfied with. Anything. Good director, but yeah, that particular movie, he, uh, he never seemed happy with. Mm-hmm. I was happy with it. I mean, most people nowadays don't even remember Blade Runner. They think of Gladiator or. The Alien trilogy. Uh, actually, he did Gladiator. Yeah, didn't know that. Ridley Scott. Yeah. Didn't know he did Gladiator. Yep. The one with uh, Russell Crowe. Correct. Did not know that was him. That's crazy to me. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. 
Which I've only seen that movie like twice. Yeah, it's alright. I mean, yeah, certain movies I can only watch. I will only ever watch once, and I can and I can go, okay, I've seen it, <laughs> you know. Um, Punisher War Zone comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that movie anymore. You can't. No. Just because of one scene. Really? Yeah. What Let's just say it, it involves ripping a dude's kidneys out. Oh, that, that sounds entertaining. You didn't, you didn't like the part where dude's kidneys got ripped out? No. You seen that movie with your mom, didn't you? Back in the theater? No. What that was that was... one you watched with your mom? And, and uh, uh, there's a real gruesome part. Mm, well, back in Prattville. There was, uh, there were several, but the one that mostly comes to mind is not another teen movie. Nah, not, an, not another teen movie, um, nah. scary movie. This was one of these brutal action movies that you like so well. This dude was tied up and he took him apart or something. Oh, um... This dude dismantled the dude. It's one uh, of your action movies. Yeah, I'm thinking of the scene in Judge Dredd, but that's not it. It's newer than that, I think. You saw this in the theater, man. Probably. It's not coming to mind. You were in Prattville. Yeah. Openings, you said it was good up to the guy was locked up in this room or something and he he just dis he just took the guy apart he just like dismantled the guy and i don't uh, i don't went on a rampage i don't know god i yeah i, I don't i don't know <laughs> um oh um law-abiding hmm. citizen I don't know. Not, yeah, because well, basically, like, okay, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. This is Gerard Butler and Jamie Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening scene: these two guys break into a house, knock the guy, knock the knock the husband out, rape the wife and daughter, brutally. Wow. Uh, how else is there? Put um, they go to jail. He like disappears. The husband, because he lives. Um, like years later, he 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 waits until these guys are being paroled. He gets them out of uh. He, he, they get out of pr- a prison. He kidnaps the kidnap. It was like two guys. Kidnaps one guy, um, pumps him full of adrenaline, straps him down, uh, gives him blood, pumps him full of chemicals, so he'll feel he won't be able to move, but he'll feel everything, and proceeds to saw him in half, and like piece by piece. I think once he got sawed in half, it was pretty much over. Well, no, I mean, I'm not talking about saw. I literally, like, sawed his leg off, 
Sullivan's just methodical. Um, yeah, and I went to the theater and saw this with my mom. <laughs> it was. It's uh, a good choice, man. I. Uh, How does she I, feel about the artistic liberties taken in the, in the scenes? She, she's just like. I mean, we're both just, you can hear everything. We're just looking at each other like, no. You stayed through the whole movie? Yeah, we stayed through the whole movie. Wow. That was tough, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, he just, that was the only scene that you're really like, um, wow, they went there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's it's a fairly it's a very good drama, very good. It's not really an action movie. It's kind of a, I guess, a suspense thriller. I guess you would call it. Um, I don't know. I never seen it, so you should. No, I shouldn't. Yes, you should. Why? Cause, trust me. Nah, I don't think I need to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicken. I ain't chicken. It's just, I'm not interested in seeing somebody get sawed in half. <laughs> I'm not interested in the rape scene either. That's that's. Well, they don't. Sound. You don't. You don't. Okay. Here's the thing. You don't see anything either scene you don't see nothing okay you just you hear it and then sometimes that's even worse i mean like we're not old enough to remember old the old horror movies back mm-hmm. i mean i used i've seen a few like when i was a kid um mm. There was I remember there's one called Dracula's Dog. Oh wow, that's cool. Um and it, and it basically they didn't show anything, but you heard they, they didn't have to show you anything. Oh, you know, horror movies didn't they didn't have to show you all the blood and gore and you know, all this kind of stuff. They they would make enough noise and make enough sounds to where you knew what was going on. You knew the girl, you know, you knew in Psycho that dude, that chick was getting stabbed with the butcher knife because you saw it, but you heard it too. Today, like, they have to show it. They have to, you know, there has to be, like, buckets of blood, you know, otherwise it's not, it's not realistic, I mean, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis is still doing Halloween movies. And she's how old now? Yes. Yeah. She could be done. She... Back in the 80s? Okay, yeah. But now... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, holy Toledo. Jamie Lee Curtis movies, man. What the hell? And what, what, uh, 
What trading movie was place. this? Trading places. Trading places. Okay. <laughs> Dude's like, oh, I'm on board now. Well, no, I mean, I haven't. That's seen at the that. top of the list. I haven't Jack. seen that movie in. God, I was probably. <clears throat> I mean, I remember the premise of the movie. These two old dudes make a bet that they couldn't take somebody from Wall Street who was well to do. And take some homeless dude and change him around and see what happens. And it was like for a dollar, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Ruin ruined their lives for one dollar. Crazy man. Yeah, man. So, um, any any kind of any guitar news? Uh, I know you play quite often. Do I? Sometimes. Mm. No, I don't really have any. Mm. Guitar news. Um, really haven't been in a position to uh, add to the collection. Uh, yeah. Um, but somebody asked me the other day if you go, if you got, a, if you get on a boat, what are you going to do with all this shit? Well, your parents are very interested, and that's a good question. Um, I don't plan to, the boat is not my full-time home. It's just where I will be most of the time. I will have a, a house with some property, which well, I probably will get the boat first, because um, then I can start running... I can start running whiskey making real money, which your parents don't need to know that. That's my information. I know you like to talk to your parents, but um I just said that on the I just told the whole world that's getting cut out. Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean meat, you said mead. That's not whiskey. That's meat is something totally different. Um uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about any of that because I got to cut all this out. But uh, yeah, I still have plan on having a traditional house. Um, and I'll be and that'll be in Puerto Rico, hopefully. Because I told you this, I told you I wanted to buy a house in Puerto Rico. Um, so yeah, my, most of my stuff will be in Puerto Rico, and um. Or here, just depends on what comes first. But I, my preference is to have a house in Puerto Rico, and um, that be the Caribbean be my home base. Hmm. 
nobody can see my vision. I understand. It's hard to wrap your head around it. I mean, no, uh, it's not for everybody. I get that. Uh, boats seem very boring and foreign to most people, and it's like you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do. My guitars. What if I sell them? I mean, hell, I could buy a boat now if I sold all my shit. I mean. It just depends on where, where where my passion is stronger. Keep my Martin, sell everything else, carry the Martin with me on the boat. I mean, I'm not really concerned about hurdles right now. I'm concerned about goals. You know, what ifs? You know, what about this and what if that? And what if, I I can't think about all that. Prevent me from getting to my goal. You'll see what happens when it happens, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I plan on having a house. I've always said that. I mean, I don't know how that got clouded. Three things that I want, hopefully two of them at the same time, is acreage, a house, and a boat. I've said that over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, hey, if I had a boat, people that are close to me benefit because, you know, wouldn't they like a Caribbean vacation for damn near free? I mean, uh, you know, people just need to be more optimistic, man. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. I've got let's see one. I got two people right now will travel with me permanently. Two people. Two people. Uh, one of them, all I have to do is say, hey, dude, I got my boat. I'm ready. And he'll drop everything and pack a bag, and he's gone. I've talked to him about it extensively. And the other person, same deal. We've got nothing going on. We'd love to say F you to everything and just go. So there's three people right there. It's a three-person crew. Um, so I'm, I mean, yeah, I prefer um, to be by myself. You say you want to be involved, but I don't know how full time you'll be. I mean, you know, I, I think you'll be okay with a couple trips here and there. Maybe, you know, like if I'm going and say, Hey dude, I'm going to Cabo San Lucas, man. Yeah. I want to tag along for that. You know, then we'll spend a couple months. Sailing to Quabo. But I don't think you want to do it full time. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to. It's not for everybody. Especially, you know, if you have mobility issues. Swimming is not your your first thing. No. Would you swim pretty good? You swim all the time, man. Yeah. Well, not in very deep water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, ne- I never, uh, I never could could if my feet can't touch the bottom. 
If my feet can't touch the bottom. My um, feet can't touch the bottom. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, I definitely want to be round. Put it that way. I don't mm. think I want to be like you say, full time. Um. But yeah, I definitely want to be more involved than you think I do. Just to he's because I'm your friend and you want to be in my life. I get that, but you know, I mean, you you. I mean, it's not for everybody. I understand it, and that's okay. I mean, I don't mind. But uh, you know, we drop you off in Tahiti for a couple months. You know. Those Tahitian women are fine, man. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I've never been there. Never been on a plane, never been on a boat. Parents have wanted to cruise all cruise all most of the time I've but yet they never seem to save enough money to go on said cruise. And now I don't know if it would be like, if you just want to take off somewhere, just speaking of travel here for a second. Okay. Like, like if you just wanted to take, like, just just go somewhere, you know, leave. Like, my dad says all the time, for one thing, he wouldn't go overseas. Why? Why you know, depending on where you want to go, I mean... I mean, people are scared to death to do anything now. You won't even get on a plane unless you're flying it, which makes no sense to me. Like, <laughs> now, why doesn't that make any sense to you? Uh, well, I mean, you tell me. Aside from the fact that they want to cram everybody in there like sardines. Which I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I don't know why they decided. Oh, let's put more seats on the planes. Screw the fact that the passengers will be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, why do you always assume that the first plane you get on that you're not flying is going to crash into the ocean? Well, you do, you, Gio. Um. I mean, why do people always assume, I mean, everything is a risk. Getting on a boat is a risk. I mean, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, what, it's what, it's what very if, risky. What if you fall overboard? <laughs> well, you have what is called a drag line. Um, if you're sailing and you're into the wind... Um, you're going pretty fast if, you know, you're probably going, most sailboat, sailboats cruise comfortably seven or eight knots, okay? That's like 15, 20 miles an hour, something like that. Um, so they're going faster than you can swim. 
And once they're into the wind, once you're on course, you're not just hitting the brakes and stopping that thing. It's in the wind. It's gone. It's doing what it's designed to do. It ain't designed to stop. It's designed to go. (laughs) So if you're single-handed sailing and you go overboard, uh, you grab the drag line. Okay. Um, The drag line is a rope that you throw overboard that drags behind the boat. So, oh shit, I fell overboard. I grabbed the drag line. And then I pull myself closer and closer to the boat and I climb back on. Uh, Most people in rough seas, they um, they have a um, it's not a harness, but it's a lifeline that they clip to the actual life. The sailboats don't usually have rails. They ha- they have ropes or or wires for for handrails. They call those lifelines. If you're in rough seas, you're supposed to clip to those lifelines with a with a um, lanyard or something, you know. The, the clips to it, and that way, if you fall overboard, you know you you don't lose the boat. So yeah, there's several ways to mitigate falling overboard, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Now, flying. I'm not interested in flying at this point in my life. I've I've solved other. So if you fall out of the sky, you probably die. You can throw. A parachute on or whatever But you know Yeah a parachute probably That probably You know that probably makes the most sense What was you going to say about flying No I mean it's just um, As far as like traveling and flying to me seems like the interstate. You don't really see a lot from the air. You just see, you look down. Sailing the world, you see the world. You're in, you, you, I mean, you really experience. And it's the most ancient way humans traveled the earth is by sailing. And it's, it's, um, you know, you really, well, you don't really, you're not really seeing, most people go, most people don't go on a sailboat, they go on a cruise ship. Most people. Yeah, um, I didn't say cruise ship, I said and, sailboat. And you, can't, and you can't see shit there either, that's kind well, of. Well, I'm not talking about a cruise ship, now am I? Um, I'm talking about a sailing vessel, a blue water sailing vessel. With sails. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about a cruise ship. Um, well, I mean. They've they've taken a hit, man. I mean, oh, good for them. I don't know. I don't know anybody who would voluntarily get on a cruise ship anymore. That's what get. Thank you, COVID. You know. Um. I mean, they've the the people have successfully been convinced. I'm gonna die if I get on a cruise ship. I'm gonna die if I get on an airplane. Okay, you can die anytime. It doesn't. You could. 
Speaking of sailboats, you could fall off a sailboat and drown. You could fall off a cruise ship and drown. You could fall. I mean, there's risk with everything, but all That's of a sudden right. we and you, and you choose your risks, and I I will choose mine. Um, and I, my point is like people like unless it's for their job they don't voluntarily do any like they've the airline industry in particular has been like okay well we're gonna cancel like half our flights and all you people are just screwed oh it's because of fuel no because you pissed everybody off and they don't want to work for you anymore <laughs> oh is that what it is pretty much okay they, they have an airline there's a pilot shortage yeah, yeah, they say there is. I don't know. I mean, same thing happened. I, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out some of this COVID stuff. Like, why did this happen? Why did, uh, why now? Like, of all the times they could have, you know, dreamed up COVID, you know. Because Trump was president, dude. Come on. And regardless of what you believe or how, you know, how you think we, I mean, this this shit did not occur naturally. It just didn't. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, this is a naturally occur- occurring virus in the body. Like, we all have it. Okay. And now all of a sudden it decided, oh, I'm going to fuck with people. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I mean, does nobody not see the not see the failure in logic in this? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Am I not? Am I the only one that can't can't you know? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I want to visit. Um, places in Europe, uh, places in Asia. Um, I've always been fascinated by Japan and Scotland and England. Um, never been on a boat per se, but other than a fishing boat. Um, and by fishing boat, I mean like the kind you get bass on a boat. Lake, a bass boat, yeah. Not, <laughs> not like it's <laughs> on bass boat, man. I've never been deep sea fishing. I'm kind of curious how that works. Um, I mean, I know people that go out and catch like big ass tuna and sharks and shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of an interesting um, 
Now, at this point in my life, it's kind of like, well, you know, I want to do some shit. I mean, I even thought, I even kind of like the idea of skydiving. Although, considering I've never been on a plane, why would I want to jump out of one? But, uh, like, it's unnatural to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> just, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Well, all right. Sounds like a good episode. We're just over two hours this evening. And I will spare everybody the begging for money and Facebook and all that good stuff. And, um, I already did that. So I know, but <laughs> we usually do that at the end of the show. So we go more in depth, but, um, well. I mean, How has have you heard anything about the new intro music or anything? Is anybody nobody yay, said any, nay? Nobody said nobody. anything to me about it. So okay, I'm gonna try to try to shorten that up. But like I said, it's really hard the way I record. I I like yeah. it. If nothing else, I mean, we could put like an intro, like a voiceover over it or something. But I thought about that, but it. Nah, you'd have to do it every. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it the way it is until I do something better. Um, yeah. uh, it works for now. It's better than the cold open that we've been doing. I think so. It's improving. Yeah, which is which is part of the what needs to happen. Um, you know, uh, and I'm I'm pretty happy with that. So. Cool, cool, cool. And um, is there anything you'd like to tell the people before we? Uh... Um, check us out on Facebook. Um, we'll post some of this stuff. Like we've, we we haven't been really using and really been using the Facebook page. I, I really, um, gonna use it. Like I think tonight will be the first time we actually use it. Like show notes. Um. Well. Um. The. Um... The Internet Movie Database link to the to the movie um, was already there. I did that while we were recording. So by the time people hear the show, they'll um, already see it. I'm so. going to put up a link to Brave New World. Um, okay. People want to check that out. Might want to create a section on there. I don't know how you would do it. Maybe maybe you. I that I've been trying to figure just that out. Like as well. a, like a book list or a reading list we can add to. Yeah, I noticed um, we're getting weird things like you could now be friends with Smashing Pumpkins. I'm like, what? The hell yeah, that's um, I think happens to do. I think that's tied into my personal page somehow. I don't. I've been trying to get rid of it because I want us to have our own little thing. But uh, essentially, the only way I know to do that is I've got to build a website and build, or at least build a page and work. Um, work through it. Um, trouble is, I don't really know what to put up there. So, 
Um, but that's down the road for now. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm like you. I don't like, I don't really like using Facebook. I would rather do something else. I just don't know how we would make it all work. Um, mm-hmm. like you said, like you said last episode, we want people to, um, to have a place where they can come and discuss and kind of interact with us. And Facebook is a good start, but we need to end up someplace different. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the goal. So if anybody knows how to build, has an idea of how, because my original thought was, okay, I'm just going to do open up a code editor and start creating the HTML and do it that way. And uh, I've done some work, but it's not enough to to really that I want anybody to look at. <laughs> um, just because I, I got to a certain point and then I stopped because I was like, well, what do I put here? What, you know, what needs to go here? Um, it's not like back in the day when we were all creating web pages and we were like, oh, I'm going to put, you know, my top 10 favorite recipes or, um, you know, all the music that I'm into or something like that. I mean, there needs to be a corner of, the, I kind of miss those days. I mean, the days of GeoCities. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody remembers those days. If you're old enough to remember the internet being that old, um, kids today probably the GeoCities. What's GeoCities? Yes, kids. We used to have to. I can talk to our audience like they're kindergartners, man. Well, sometimes, <laughs> like, okay, we used to have to plug our computers into the phone into the wall. And yeah. it used to make this god-awful sound. <laughs> you didn't yeah, just, you know, open the browser and it was there. You had to dial up to a phone number. Um, and that's how you got on the internet. Um, and your mom would get all pissed at you because you would tie up the phone lines for hours. Mm-hmm. Because you were on the internet looking stuff up. Okay, looking stuff up, I. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm Bo. I'm Geo. And you've been listening to Geek vs. Geek episode 31. Until next time. Later. <laughs>